Tim, great job with that last podcast. Let's let's give you a bonus, a bonus segment. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so so more, lame. More Goose Island so, Oktoberfest. We have we had, I just had five people just totally turn off the, <laughs> the bonus <laughs> like, segment. That's it. Like when I started talking about wrestling a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, like I say, we do so much research for everything. We want to give you numbers. We want to give you facts behind our drunken buffoonery, if you will. And that leaves a lot of stuff we didn't get to. So last week's episode, we talked about quarterbacks, we talked about tight ends, and we're going to have a little fun with it, and we're going to start off with a little would, would you rather. All right. So, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, who'd you rather have? Russell Wilson. There's just too much. Rodgers has lost too much. Um, Christian Watson hasn't even gotten a chance to practice yet because he's been hurt the whole preseason. I think that uh, Russell Wilson has so many weapons on offense with the receivers, um, the uh, the tight end whose name I can't pronounce, and uh, and uh, the two running backs, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, who not only can run the ball, but they can catch the ball in the backfield too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Russell Wilson, I think he's going to be on a revenge tour. I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to let Russ cook, if you will. And uh, he slotted in nicely at quarterback 11, which is why I asked you, because Rodgers is 9 on ESPN's rankings, Russell Wilson's 11, and that's why I asked you, because I agree. I think Russ, too. I think he slides in perfectly if you're one of those guys that punts QB in a seasonal league. I, I think Russ Wilson at 11 is perfect. I think Russell Wilson at 11, he won't even get that far. I think that a lot of people are going to take him beforehand. and uh, People aren't going to go with that that ESPN cheat sheet. I feel like people are just drawn to take Russ, he's always been he's always been a guy that's been picked in the sixth, fifth, sixth round the last couple of seasons. I don't see that stopping him this year. Okay, well, let me ask you that then. I, that wasn't going to be my next question. You're saying, oh, Russ is not going to fall to quarterback 11 or whatever. Which one of these guys are you going to take out? Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Dak, J- Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. Which one of those guys gets out if Russ is not QB 11? Well, Brady always has been falling. The last, like, three or four years, he's always been falling down and, in draft. But he did finish QB 2 last year, did he, he not? He finished QB 2 the year before that. <laughs> he was still he was still moved down the list. So you think Russ is going to go ahead of Tom Brady? I think Russ will go ahead of Tom Brady and possibly Jalen Hurts. And that's not really? where I put him. That's just other people okay. are going to like him. Other people will like Russell Wilson. They will go back to the Russell Wilson well. Don't, well not, not people that listen to our podcast. Not, no, hopefully not. But, I mean, my father, who listens to our podcast, he was picking for three or four years, he was picking Drew Brees as the number two quarterback, even though on the rankings he wasn't the number two quarterback. So there's nothing that says that just because rankings say that, people are still going to go with the people they have that itch they want on their team. <laughs> that itch. That itch. All right, next up on the docket, Trey Lance or Derek Carr? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I'm going to say Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr, once again, has all the weapons and stuff like that. And Trey Lance still might have those uh, that that kind of growing pains that we haven't seen yet. Um, because, you know, everyone says that he could be the next Pat Mahomes, but he could also be the next Mitch Trubisky. We brought it up in the in the last episode. Um, when you're bringing up comparisons, does he have a lot of comparisons to Pat Mahomes? Yes. But he also has some comparisons to Mitch Trubisky, and that scares me. That absolutely does. And I, again, I agree with you. I bring it up. Lance is 13, Carr's 14. Um, I, I feel like if I'm punting QB, Derek Carr's a good target to do it. If, if it's one of those, if you're taking Trey Lance, a veteran like Carr is somebody you're going to target with the next pick. Mm-hmm. So if you end up with Lance, your next pick better be a veteran that you know you can throw out. Yeah, I still think Derek Carr is going to get picked before Trey Lance anyway. So it's not like you could pick up Trey Lance and then come back with Derek Carr. 
Okay, some younger lottery tickets if you're in a deeper league. Uh, Superflex, PPR, if you decide to take a backup. Tua or Justin Fields? Tua. I don't want Justin Fields. I want nothing to do with the Bears offense. Um, I've been saying that. I said that pretty much last year, all of last year. I just I stick by that. I don't see anything on this Bears offense that makes me feel better. I don't see anything with this Bears organization that makes me feel any better. We talked about with Roquan wanting out. Robert Quinn wasn't happy. I mean, the best, the biggest, the biggest players on this team, the best players on this team, are making it seem like they're not being respected. They don't want to be there. What's going to happen when contracts come up for like a, a Darnell Mooney or a Justin Fields or a Jalen Johnson, who are the young? superstars of this team yeah and i asked a question to spark debate but the fact of the matter is if you have either one of these guys as your quarterback you're in a very deep league or you're in trouble yeah well i mean but tua's got a lot of the weapons there he's got when you're talking about tua versus just fields you're pretty much talking about it's not even about potential it's about the the the, the amount of talent around them you've got Jalen waddle and Tariq hill there i mean so that just opens things up for Tua that wouldn't be opened up for Justin Fields. So I'm going to say I agree with you, which I know sucks and makes for bad content, but the Bears' offense was bad last year. They lost players this year. They replaced their offensive head coach with a defensive coordinator head coach, and their best playmaker is Darnell Mooney. So, but that being said, the rushing potential of Justin Fields doesn't entice you at all? No. You know why? Because there's a number that keeps coming to my head, Tim. Seven. You know what seven was last year, Tim? Why don't you tell me? The number of passing touchdowns Justin Fields had last year. Wow. Seven. All right. I Seven. I got nothing. <laughs> You've got other guys who are throwing, who are leading the league, that are throwing for 40-something touchdown passes. Ferris Bueller called off more days than Justin Fields through touchdown passes. Yeah. Tom Brady led the league last year with 43 touchdown passes. Justin Fields threw seven. Brady did that in two weeks. Hey, but he didn't have to contend with the legendary Andy Dalton. <laughs> I, I got nothing. What do you want me to say? Well, I just um, that's that's where I stand on that as far as that goes. Okay, well, speak, keeping up with the quarterback theme, can you draft Deshaun Watson without knowing the appeal decision? Yeah, if you're picking him with one of your last picks. Because you could always just drop him. I mean, look at some of the guys that probably aren't going to be drafted. Uh, according to the ESPN list, QB 23, Jameis Winston. Which I think Jameis Winston could have a really good year this year. I mean, I think with Chris Olave and Mike Thomas, there's a guy that could have a really good season. Let me throw another one out there for you, Tim. QB 27, Jared Goff. Jared Goff last year threw for over 4,000 yards. There's there, is there any reason why Jared Goff can't do that again on a team that has a lot, uh, is just growing with talent? And, and camaraderie in Detroit. That team is it. That team's an exciting team. Um, another guy out there, our QB twenty six, makes absolutely no sense to me. QB twenty six on ESPN, Matt Ryan. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's how deep this league has become as a passing league. QB twenty six. I mean, you're telling me he's a bottom third quarterback. I mean, Vegas thinks so. He's 40-1 to one to win MVP. You know. ESPN has him ranked lower than Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones. Wow. I, I mean, that's the thing. is that I, I, I don't know a format that I do that I would have him, but I tell you what, I'm going to probably stack him in some DFS tournaments. I'll tell you that. But let me tell you this. If, if you pick Dak or Jalen Hurts or 
one of these guys, one of these guys in the top, okay, even if you punt the QB and you still want to ride with, uh, let's say, Derek Carr and you don't go with a backup and Derek Carr gets hurt, is Matt Ryan not one of the first people you're going to be looking to to fill that spot? Yeah, absolutely. He'll be, last year I, I had Kirk Cousins as that guy. The thing is, Everybody wants to stretch, and we've talked about it multiple times you're talking fantasy. Everybody wants to reach for the new shiny toy, the young guy who they think is going to blow up into Justin Jefferson. The problem is that leaves a lot of veterans who are good and steady falling backwards to mm-hmm. you. Like you said, how we took in our PPR league, you took Aaron Rodgers, I took Tom Brady, because everybody else wanted that new shiny toy. Mm-hmm. You know. Let me throw this out to you real quick. Uh, and This is not so much as fantasy. This is just an interesting little thing I came up with. 32 NFL teams... Do you know how many of the starting quarterbacks right now? Now, obviously, we're saying Trubisky's going to win the quarterback battle there, and um, uh, Marcus Mariota. And, well, Marcus Mariota is, is probably going. To, Baker Mayfield, and Baker is going to yeah. be, and even if it was Darnold, still falls. Geno Smith category. or Drew Locke. Can you tell me? Thirty-two starting teams as of right now. Can you tell me how many of them are starting first-round quarterbacks? Wow, I'm going to guess fifteen, but I'm probably wrong. Twenty-four. Really? 24 first-round quarterbacks are projected to start this season. There are four second-round draft picks, one third-round draft pick in Russell Wilson, one fourth-round draft pick in Kirk Cousins, one fifth-round draft pick in Dak Prescott. So you're talking about third, fourth, fifth, and sixth are all people that you would start because who's the sixth, Tim? Who's the sixth? Tom Brady. (laughs) In the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth-round picks are all solid quarterbacks in Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, who's a a fringe starter bench – you know, bench guy, Dak Prescott, who's going to be a starter in Tom Brady. Crazy, huh? It is crazy. Well, you know, the thing is, though, we, we see more of this infusion of first-round quarterbacks uh, starting because when that new CBA came out, not the one that just happened, but the previous one, they sacrificed the rookies. And first-round picks came with the fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. So teams more likely wanted to sneak into that 31st, 32nd pick to get a quarterback in the first round because they knew if they hit on quarterback, they were going to have him for at least five years, franchise him two years. You could do what the the Washington football team did with Kirk Cousins. You can get six, seven years out of a guy without really having to pay him. So with all these guys, since 2015, there are only eight starting quarter, eight quarterbacks that were picked in the first round since 2015 that are not still starting today. Wow. Good stuff. They're all starting. So when you're talking about why would they take a first round, why would you take a quarterback in the first round? Because they end up starting. The numbers say so. Uh, one more while we're still talking about quarterbacks. Two quarterback leagues. Take it or, uh, take it or leave it. Two quarterback leaves? leagues? Uh, I mean, if you are in a, if you start in that league, then then fine. But if somebody says, hey, let's change our league to a quarter, two quarterback league, I have no desire to do that. If, it, if it's like I'm jumping into a league because somebody needs a couple extra guys and it's like the first startup season or something like that, then yeah, sure. But it can't be a dynasty league because two quarterback leagues, they could just that just kills dynasties. It just kills a dynasty league because if somebody has two guys that they could just lean on forever, then you're pretty much screwed um, as, as anybody going forward. But I would say leave it, but if it's something that was already built in, that's what I, that's what we were going to do. Then, then okay, whatever. Yeah, I want no part of it. <laughs> See, I was actually thinking that you were gonna be like, it's it's rules, it's rules, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I if it's a league that I'm if if it's a startup league that one of my buddies is doing and I'm hopping into it, yeah, I don't have a problem with doing it. But otherwise, yeah, I have no zero. I have zero interest in changing any of our leagues to do that. Well, the other position we were talking about on our uh, this past week's podcast was tight end. 
So I got a little would you rather to bounce off yet tight end. Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz? And I think you answered it. I fade Goddard, so yeah, so it would be it would be Zach Ertz. I do like Zach Ertz um, in Arizona. I think Kyler is going to have to lean on him a little more. He leaned on him already last year. He got a, he had a decent amount of targets last year in the uh, in the shortened season that he was on the Cardinals because they traded for him. Um, Eighty one, yeah, in eleven weeks, yeah, exactly. And you got it. And they don't have. DeAndre Hopkins for the beginning of the season. I mean, yeah, even, like I said, if, if you noticed my themes these last couple of weeks when I'm hitting you with the Would You Rather's, they're guys where I look at the rankings and they're discrepancies in rankings. What I see, like I said, we talk about you know Rush uh, Rogers at nine, Russ at eleven, and, and, and you know like Goddard is eight, Zach Ertz is nine, but I'll take Zach Ertz all day. All right, so let me throw this out to you: T.J. Hawkinson or Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz. I, I feel like there's. Less mouths to feed in Arizona in a pass happy thing. I, I feel like Zach Kurtz is higher on in the hierarchy in Arizona than TJ Hawkinson is in Detroit. Plus, I trust I trust Kyler Murray more than I do Jared Goff. Hmm. You? I I really like Hawkinson. I think that last year his he had a, he had kind of a down year, and I think that's going to help with his value, bring his value down to where he should be at. And if he's somebody that falls to me in a decent spot where I feel like I get value of picking him there, I'll pick him there. I do like Zach Hurts, but um, I probably would take Hawkinson over Hurts just for the fact that I feel like um, Hawkinson's just he's young, he's got he's got that potential. Um, and there there's some things when I've seen him play like two seasons ago when I saw him play when he catches the ball and stuff of that he can I feel like he can make people miss and he can run over people. And that's something that you that's something that's rare in tight ends you don't see very often. Maybe Kittle does that. Um Kelsey can do that. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the coach. The coach probably couldn't do that. He probably can't coach. do it now. But uh yeah, I mean, um when we're throwing out a couple of things here, like we didn't we brought up a couple of people there I brought up before. Um I, I don't David Njoku got that franchise tag and he got paid. And he still is like tight end, like 18. 17. 17. Yeah, I just don't, I I don't know. He I, was one of my deep sleepers. I actually be like, if you're in one of those leagues and you notice like in our league, Jones would be like that mm-hmm. guy that gets two or three tight ends. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the thing is because we've added that 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 third receiver slot as receiver tight end. Um, the thing about the tight end position, I'm looking when I overview the rankings and prep for our episode, it's very deep. In fact... I could make a case for 30 of these guys to be drafted. 30. 30. If you look at the guys in the top 30 of the position, I could make a case for every one of them to get drafted. Okay? But David Njoku at 17, I I like him. Don't love him. I like him. Because if they tag him, I think he's a safe option for Brissett. Because Brissett last year, he really focused on Gusecki. His Gisicki's better numbers last year was when Brissett was uh, starting for Miami. So I feel like if he's going to be safe and not screw things up for the Browns, I think Njoku could be a nice, deep target. Somebody, if you're in a 16-team league, a keeper league, a dynasty, something like that, I think he could be a nice guy that you're like, okay, I'm going to draft him at like 13th, 14th round, and he'll outperform that position. That's interesting. I mean... I could I could see somebody if you gotta go with Njoku, but I mean I I think it's the opposite. I think there's probably about 15 tight ends, 16 tight ends that I would actually want to have on my team. If you're in a regular 12 team league, I I find myself going if I can get one of these top 11 tight ends, I probably will just run with one until somebody gets hurt and just pick somebody up on waivers. Because like you said, there's 30 guys out there. 
So I could always pick up somebody on waivers that I'll just throw in there and stuff like that. I just don't see the value in in holding a roster spot for a backup tight end when, let's face it, I mean, when you're talking about the top 11 that ends at Pat Fryermuth, are you going to start Njoku over any of those guys unless it's a bye week or they're injured? No, but what I'm saying is, like, we, we play in some deeper leagues. Um, I really like DFS. Some of these guys later on, I think, could give you good value based on what you have to invest in them. Yeah, but most of the time when you're talking about DFS, I mean, a lot of times you're punting the tight end. And you're just basically, oh, okay, I'll throw Ricky Seals and Jones in there, and maybe he gets three That's touches. That's what I'm saying, to fill the roster spot. Yeah, to fill a roster spot for in For a minimum salary, yeah. yeah. What I'm talking about actually drafting somebody in fantasy, I really, I feel like any anybody past this top 11, top 12, there's no point in taking a backup because you're going to be able to fill that in. And that was going to be the question I followed up with, do you even need a backup? No. No, okay. because if you, I mean, unless somebody else is picking backups before you take a tight end and you really put yourself in a position and stuff. But let me give you a name here because I've been throwing out some really deep sleepers. If you're in a, if you're in a dynasty league and you haven't drafted this guy yet and he's still deeper out than there, David Njoku, deep, deeper than David Njoku. I don't even think this guy's After telling on, people not to take a backup. I don't think this it. guy's on your tight end. I'm talking about in dynasty leagues. You're talking about year after year after year <sighs> leagues and stuff like that. See, see, leagues that just keep rolling over and stuff. You want to throw a deep sleeper on somebody and just throw him on your bench, and maybe, maybe this year he comes through. And so maybe he has a, a baby Gronk type year. I don't think he will, but I'm saying, but in two or three years, this guy might be one of the best tight ends in the league. I'm gonna throw this name out there. He's a rookie tight end, New York Giants. I don't like Ricky Seals Jones. I failed fade Ricky Seals Jones, and I think the future at tight end at the Giants is Daniel Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger. There you go. I, I love when you go on your rants because then I can drink my beer. I was really the, the, you spent a good minute or two on the lead up for David Bellinger. Daniel. Hey, okay, I didn't even know who the freaking guy you, was. You say his name right. You come into no. my house. You say my wife's name right. <laughs> but it's okay, Will Smith. I just Daniel Bellinger. All right, I'm just saying that this is somebody. If you're if you got a deep sleeper. League. If you got a deep fantasy league, you got a sixteen team league or something like that, and you get to keep players, and it's it's like a whole dynasty of players. Then just go ahead and throw Daniel Bellinger on your team. Maybe in a couple of years, you're like, oh my god, Rick was right. Sorry, I was busy looking for him in the ESPN rank. He didn't make the top thirty six. He's not so. on the top. He's not on the rankings. Okay, I'm telling you, he's a sleeper. I also gave out. Hey, you know what? It's funny because we were giving out the teams. We were doing teams and the divisions and stuff like that. And then the NFC East is like, hey man. Watch out for that Jonathan Garibay for the Cowboys. He already got cut. <laughs> he didn't even make it to a preseason game, the kicker. Man, and, and that's crazy because, like, preseason games, these guys will roster 80 guys just to survive preseason mm-hmm. games. And they actually had, the Cowboys had Brett Mayer last year, and they sent him packing, and they drafted this guy. They, they signed this undrafted free agent, uh, rookie free agent. And this guy didn't even make it through you know, the beginning of training camp, even to one preseason game, and they got this guy out of here and brought Brett Mayer back. <laughs> wow, to bring Brett Mayer back, Mayer, whatever, hey, who, you know, <laughs> who cares? I, I, did, did he sleep with the coach's daughter? I mean, I, 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 I just, I, you know. It's like one of those things where it's like, well, we don't want this guy again. He was like, well, let's get that guy back. It can't be worse <laughs> than this guy. All right, so hold on. So who are some of these... 30 guys deep you say tight end is that you actually are like are like well you know you should you should put two tight ends on your roster because there's 30 deep on there cuz if they say let's also say this in a 12 team league 30 deep means that there's six free agents out there if, even if everybody had two on their roster 
I'm glad you asked. Evan Ingram is somebody you brought up earlier. He's tied in number 19. Ain't nobody want him. Number 23 is the Denver guy that you can't pronounce. Albert Akwungum. Yeah, there's zero chance I was doing that. Uh, especially a couple of Oktoberfest deep. Gerald Everett is number 24. Uh, he's on the Chargers. This just in, that's a pretty good offense. You know, uh, you know um, CJ Uzama is in uh, New York now. Okay, he had some pretty good games for the Bengals last year. He's number 27. Mo Alley Cox, number 28, on a good Colts team. You know, uh, the other guys are gone from. Uh, uh, so Jack Doyle's gone? Yeah, Doyle's gone. And uh, who's the guy from the Bears that sucked? Uh, uh, Scratch him off the list. Yeah, who cares? He's number 28. Adam Troutman's number 29. Dan Arnold has some really good games for the Jaguars. I mentioned his name a couple times in the podcast last year. He's number 30. John U. Smith is number 32. You know, I'm just saying, like, factually speaking, a case can be made. Do you want to bring up some of those rookies now? I sure do. As a matter of fact. I just brought up my rookie and you mocked me. So let's bring up your rookies. I mocked you because I didn't even know who the frick his name was. All right. So who are these guys? Okay. Trey. You know Trey McBride from Arizona? Yes, I do know Trey McBride. Okay. We do a segment on Rookie Watch. We did that for running backs. We did that for receivers. We would do a disservice to both our listeners if we didn't at least mention... (laughs) If we didn't at least mention Rookie Watch. So, since we're talking about tight ends, uh, there is no Kyle Pitts this year. Let's be honest. Trey McBride um, for Arizona. We talk about our love for Zach Ertz. If Zach Ertz goes down, there's there's a window open for Trey McBride. Cool. <laughs> Who Good else stuff. you got? Jelani Woods, Indianapolis. Like I said, uh, uh, Moe Alley Cox is the only other tight end on the roster. So, there's an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> You can't even do it. <laughs> no, I can't. You cannot. can't even do it with a straight Fine. face. Uh, Greg Dolchich could pick up some of the slack with the missing Tim uh, uh, Tim Patrick in Denver. Great. Good this is for great. You. This is great. This I brought is up we're Daniel, not going to get that last minute. I brought back. up Daniel Bellinger. You were about ready to run me out of the room. You bring up these guys, and it's like, oh, well, hey, guys. You know, maybe you should look out for this. <laughs> I'm just saying we've done a segment okay, every week McBride. on Rookie Watch. Okay, McBride. I'll give you McBride. Right. Besides that, I, I, I would... I would take Bellinger over those those other guys. Okay, fine. Well, we agree to, that we won't get those two minutes back. We, no, those two minutes are gone. You <laughs> gone. ruined these two All minutes. Right. And since we're talking about rookies and we are committed to the segment, at least I am, quarterbacks. Not a hell of a lot of quarterback either. You know, um, Dynasty Leagues, Kenny Pickett, quarterback number 31. Mm-hmm. Any, can you make a case for Kenny Pickett? No, because I think Trubisky's going to hold on to that position for a decent amount of the year. Desmond Ritter, quarterback number 35. I can make a case for him because he's going to get a chance to start pretty soon. I don't and, think Mariota is going to hold on to that position for very long. I actually agree with you on that one. And um, they have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. Cordero Patterson's that little Swiss Army knife out of the backfield. There are, if he finds his way onto the field, he can at least give you numbers in deep leagues, dynasty leagues, DFS lineups. Um, I mean, like I said, got lineups that win tournaments – are lineups where you've got Desmond Ritter, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. I mean, let's face it. If you're doing a best ball league where you just draft it, set it, and forget it. Um, if you're in a best ball league and you have one of the last picks in the draft, wouldn't you rather take Desmond Ritter than Mar- Marcus Mariota? Absolutely. Um, Malik Willis in Tennessee. He is not rated. Will he see the field? <coughs> no. I think they're they're going to... They're, if he does see the field, it's only going to be because Tannehill got hurt. They're going to... It's going to be like a uh, 
a Garoppolo type, Garoppolo Lance kind but, of relationship. I mean, he's probably one of the best pure athletes to come out this year. At I just don't think he's ready. Uh, like they, they, and that's why he fell so far. Yeah, yeah. he's he needs some work still. And the only other quarterback worth mentioning, Matt Coral from Carolina. Um, not that they traded for Baker Mayfield. Um, this is pretty much a redshirt year for him. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, the only thing that could save, the only way he makes the field is if their Matt Rule or uh, their their head coach says, fuck it, I'm about to get fired. Get out there, kid. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you can do, because <laughs> at this point, it's 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 all done anyway. So Yeah, some of the fun stuff we like to do with the bonus episode is what a difference a year makes. Yeah, what we, a difference a year makes. Yeah, and we talked about Joe Burrow, how he was a 14th-round pick, at least in our league last year. A lot of people scared by the knee. A lot of people didn't even draft him. Our league goes that deep. Um, Justin Herbert was picked in the seventh round last year. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen this year. No, no, He's no. quarterback number three. Jalen Hurts was picked in the 12th round. He's your Joe, uh, Josh Allen light. He's quarterback number seven, you know, 12th mm-hmm. round last year. Tight end edition. Mark Andrews, who finished at tight end number one, was taken in the fifth round. He's now tight end two, talked about in the second and third. Yep. Dalton Schultz, my guy. Was an undrafted waiver wire pickup. He is tight end number six. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, these guys are these guys are really turning it around. I mean, I got one more for you before you went into a Rick Nablani segue where I can drink beer. Zach Ertz, undrafted waiver wire pickup, finished at tight end number five. Well, Zach Ertz, I would say he was undrafted because Philadelphia made it perfectly clear they had no interest in doing anything with him. I'm just saying if you pay attention and play the waiver wire every week and you really manage that team, there are gems to be found. Yeah. I, I mean, Cordell Patterson was a waivers guy last mm-hmm. year. Uh, Elijah like, Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like I said, they're, they're, if you pay attention and you treat every roster spot like it matters, you can find guys out there. Or say seven of your first nine picks get injured. Hi, Malcolm. Then you've got to work the waiver wires. You way know? to, way and, to work that in in a bonus episode. I hey, Malcolm's listening. <laughs> you know, a, am I wrong? No, no, no. Fine, right. you talk about stuff while I drink beer. No, I just when you're talking about the the when you're talking about the value of players getting picked and stuff like that, you have to talk about the the free fall that comes along with it. Like Ryan Tannehill last year <laughs> will not be drafted. Who you're, picked you're Ryan gonna, Tannehill last year, Tim? Uh, that's me again. Oh, that was you. Not oh. going to let me forget about that, are you? No. <laughs> so I mean, you know, like uh, uh, you know, Matt Ryan was picked in drafts last year. He's probably not going to be drafted. Um, you know, uh, Jameis Winston. You know, there's a couple of guys out there that had some value that do not have value anymore. I mean, when we're talking about tight ends, David Njoku has been drafted every year since he's been a rookie in our drafts, and every single time, he always ends up on the free agent market. <laughs> It's, well, that's the beauty about those last couple rounds is you buy that lottery ticket mm-hmm. and like everybody that went out and gathered together and got Mega Millions tickets when mm-hmm. it went over a billion, yeah. you look at your ticket and realize you don't even have one number. You're like, oh, alrighty then, I guess I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, Evan Ingram, there's a guy that was always being drafted for a long stretch oh, when people, he was on well, the Giants. Because he had that good rookie year yeah. and every year after that people kept thinking he was going to repeat it. And you were talking about a guy that was picked anywhere from the fifth to eighth round. And now he's in Jacksonville, um, which is probably a... Probably he needed a change of change of scenery. Yeah, to to get out of the New York media market where every little thing you do is analyzed to Jacksonville where their own fans don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, perfect landing spot for. But him. when you're talking about him going from being anywhere from a fifth to an eighth round pick for multiple seasons before last year, where he kind of tumbled down to like tenth or twelfth, 
But now he's not even drafted, and he might have one of the better seasons he's ever had. Yeah, I mean, relatively speaking, yeah, that, that's that's why, like I said, the quarterbacks we talk, uh, the, the positions we talked about in these two episodes, quarterback and tight end, I feel like they're deeper than most people realize, and I have no problem punting either one. With the preface, if you're in a position to land Kelsey or Andrews, Andrews with good value, you scoop them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think either position can, can be punted. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree. If you punt, let me throw this out there for quarterback. If you punt, are you willing to get down all the way to Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Tua? Or are you going to draft? Are you, you're not going to punt Kirk that Kirk Cousins, far. yes. I, want, I, I can't say I want no part of Trevor Lawrence because I did uh, talk him up last episode. I think he's going to be better. But I'm not going to Walker it where he's my only starting. My, he's my only quarterback on my roster. Tua... I, I, I know he's surrounded by weapons. I know they put him in a good position. I just don't trust him. I, I feel like for him, I'm not willing to get him the benefit of the doubt that I would a Trey Lance. I need to see it from Tua because the Dolphins didn't even believe in Tua. Yeah, I think if I get to the point where I punt the quarterback and I miss out on uh, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or, uh, you know... Um, I, know I mean, I think, at that point, you're 15, 16 deep. Yeah. I mean, then you might as well take a Deshaun Watson lottery ticket mm-hmm. and then do what, you know, like when I brought up about the Deshaun Watson conversation. At that point, you might as well take Deshaun Watson and then one of these other boring veterans like a Jameis Winston or Matt Ryan and just be like, listen, later on, if I can keep afloat later on in the, in the, in the year, a Deshaun Watson could win me my league like Burrow to Chase did for Paul. Yeah. Let me let me just say so so basically what you're saying is, is you would you would hop on if you punted you would hop on like a Derek Carr and a Kirk Cousins would you back one of those guys up with a Trey Lance or a Trevor Lawrence I would yeah because that's the thing is I think if you punted on the position at that point you could justify taking a backup where you've got the guy you can start the first couple of weeks like a Cousins or or you know Carr is not going to go that far but you know a quote unquote boring veteran. Then what I always say about running back and receiver, you fill the back end of your roster with lottery tickets, quarterback's the same. I, I think Trey Lance is the perfect example of a guy who could win you a league or bust out. And if he busts out, then you've got your boring veteran. So where is the cutoff for you as where you would go solo quarterback? Where is the cutoff? Where would you say if you got one of these guys, then I'm not picking a backup quarterback? Uh, or are you saying you would pick a backup quarterback if we got late in the draft and and Trey Lance was still out there, Trevor Lawrence, you'd still take them. Is there somebody that you would... Two questions, two-part question. Is there somebody out there that you say, if this young guy is out there, I'm going to take him, even if I have a good quarterback? And my my second question is, if not, where does the line stop for where you would say, I'm going to just go with one quarterback? The line stops for me at quarterback 15 with Kirk Cousins, if you're going off the ESPN rankings. Because if I'm starting tra- Trevor Lawrence or Tua, I'm in trouble. At that point... If I was staring down the barrel of starting Tua or uh, Trevor Lawrence, I would just go one notch down at 18 and get Deshaun Watson. And then I, I just, like I said, Matt, I, hell, if I had to, Jameis Winston or Matt Ryan until Deshaun Watson gets on the field. Um, but guys I want that my lottery ticket, uh, Trey Lance, he's a bigger name. He won't go that far. I, I Justin Fields, I, I, I know. I know the look in your face says it all. His dual threat ability is worth the last round lottery ticket. Trevor Lawrence, he, if he takes that leap, if he takes that year two leap with the vet, with with uh, Peterson as his coach and the weapons they put around him, 
he's worth a last round pick. After that, the rest of these guys are going to be on waivers anyway. Am I wrong? No, no, you're right. I'm going to say this before we wrap it up here. There's a guy that we haven't talked about this whole time in both episodes, and I'm going to bring it up right now. If Lamar Jackson slips down to quarterback six territory because everyone's scared about him getting hurt or something like that, you run and you grab that guy. Lamar Jackson is MVP caliber type player. Lamar Jackson last year finished QB 15 for the season, and he didn't even play six of the last... He didn't play six of those last weeks. Yeah. So he finished QB 15 with missing six weeks of the season. This guy was third in the league in rushing and missed six weeks for quarterbacks. He rushed for 750 yards, and only two other people rushed for 750 yards, and that was Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. And you know what would be even more enticing about Lamar, and I know you're going to go off on your uh, stats, and that's awesome. He hasn't gotten paid yet. Very few things motivate people more than getting paid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, 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 I'm with you because if he falls to the sixth round, that means you've got two good running backs, three receivers, or three running backs, two receivers. The foundation of your team is established. At that point, six is not too early for a guy like yeah, that. Yeah, when, when you're looking at Lamar Jackson, when you look at the numbers and stuff like that, he only threw for 2,800 yards last year and 16 touchdowns. And that's what everybody sees. But they don't see that he did that in only 10 weeks. Right. So there is a ton of value out there in what I feel is one of the guys that could be an MVP-type player. That is one of the guys that can go from... From your from middle middle of the starting quarterbacks to be the top quarterback in the league. Yeah, and that's the thing is uh, we didn't talk about it on, on last episode. I wanted to bring up a discrepancy I noticed, and I prefaced it last uh, last week, and I'll preface it again. On the ADP, Kyler Murray on ESPN is quarterback five. On the ADP on CBS, he's quarterback ten. Kind of a weird discrepancy. So, like you were talking about Lamar, if he falls, people are scared away or whatever. Kyler Murray's kind of in that same boat. I know we're talking about two different sites. ESPN has him ranked at quarterback five. The ADP is for CBS's info has him drafted as quarterback ten. Do you know the only thing I would not... The one thing that would scare me about Kyler Murray is, is that in the two years he's been there, both years, he's he, is, he has tailed at the end of the season. And that's when you need him. I mean, that's when we're going to need him, right? That's playoff season. Yeah, but at the end of this season, he gets Deshaun, uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins. I understand. But I'm just saying, like, if if there was something that would cause me to have a little bit of concern, like I said, I'm all for it too. But the one thing that causes me concern is is, is he's got to put in 17 straight weeks. He can't play balls out for 11 weeks and then fade away because that puts you right into the postseason. And what's the one thing you can't have in the postseason, Tim, is have you going week one in the playoffs and have you're playing against another person and you've got that quarterback that just comes out and puts a goose egg up there. Yeah, nothing will kill you more than a goose egg. It's killed a whole bunch of people. Well, let me ask you this. Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow? It's a good one. Uh Aha. Yeah, I would probably side with... Kyler Murray, because Kyler Murray is is two dimensional. Kyler Murray can still run; he can run for touchdowns. Um, and Joe Burrow really doesn't do that. And I feel like Joe Burrow. I feel like Cincinnati is going to be so well balanced this year with that offensive line getting so much better and stuff like that. I feel like they're going to be fifty fifty on run and pass. Yeah, Zach Taylor, their coach, 
really likes to run. I think that's why Joe Mixon's like, uh, and he has no problem taking the points. That's why their kicker finished so well last year. Mm -hmm. So that could come at Joe Burrow's expense. Although it's kind of weird. People are a little light on Joe Burrow, but everybody's loving Jamar Chase. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, six, one half dozen, the other. If you like Jamar Chase and you like T Higgins, who is another one of those guys that's pretty highly rated, you know, Joe Burrow's got to come with that. Am I wrong? Yeah, but at the I same mean, exact time, a lot of people like Jalen Waddle and a lot of people like Tyreek Hill and a lot of people do not like Tua. Aha! Uh-huh. Check, <laughs> checkmate Rick. All right. So we've gone way longer on this bonus episode than we expected to. Tim, is there anything you want to touch on with tight, end, with tight ends and quarterbacks before we, we get out of here? No, I think we put a pretty good bow between these two episodes on the position. Um, we got some good stuff coming up, guys. We're going to lead you up to fantasy drafts. We're going to lead you up to the football season. I think next week we're going to do some good ADP review, and we're going to use that. We're going to hit you with some sleepers and some busts and a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We're thankful that you joined us. We're Thanks for listening to our bonus episode. Thanks for listening to whatever episode you can. We're super excited about football season. We hope you guys are super excited about football season. It's right around the corner here. Rick Navalani here. At Rick Punt the QB. Uh, Tim Singer, Punt QBFF. Yeah, guys, hit us up on Twitter. Um, We're looking forward to it. See you guys next week.